Hey, family. I am back. Hello. 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 I miss you guys. And I got a word for today. So let's bow our heads and get into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you, Lord. Because just when I enter your courts, it's with my thanksgiving and praise because you good. I thank you for your mercy today, Father. I thank you for your grace, Lord. I thank you just for, for the fact that you want to share your glory with your children, Father. I just thank you, Lord. And I plead to Jesus over my brothers and sisters, over this episode, and over myself, Father. I bind up any evildoer in the name of Jesus, and I cast them down in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name, Father. Lord, I'm coming boldly to your throne of grace, asking for the boldness of Christ to say your word, Lord, to say your word, Father, that you increase, Lord, and I decrease, Father. You put your words on my tongue, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name, Father. And that's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Hi, family. We are going to start at Luke chapter 22 today. Okay, let's start. Judas agrees to betray Jesus. The festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover, was approaching. The leading priests and the teachers of religious laws were were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples, and he went to the leading priests and the captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to portray Jesus to them. They were delighted and promised to give him money, so he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to portray Jesus so that he could they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. So family, we see right here that Satan entered Judas. So for a second, I want us to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting at verse 10. And it says, let's start at verse um, 9. But people who long to be rich, fall into temptation, and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and have pierced them with many sorrows. Family, that's why we cannot be lovers of money. Yes, God is going to provide a way. He's going to make sure that his children are straight. But family, you see how the love of money caused Judas to betray Jesus? He was one of the 12 disciples walking with Jesus. He see the same things that Peter, Matthew, John, Bartholomew, Thomas, all of them. He seen things that they seen. He was there. But the love of money caused him to betray Jesus. You get that family? So let's go um, back to Luke 22. Let's 
the last supper. So we're at verse 7. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked. He replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. Hold on, family. Like, I just time out, right? Let's just take a moment to realize that Jesus was really like talking to Peter and John. He didn't demand him. He said, just go and prepare a Passover meal so we can eat it together. That takes us back to Revelations 3.20. I come to the door and I knock. Do you know what the door is? The door is your heart. I come on the door and knock. If you answer it, we can share a meal together as friends. Jesus went to their, he went to Peter and John's door and he knocked and they opened it. He said, go prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it all together because he, he's just so good. He is so good. He, his last moments, he, he started to begin to know Jesus knew from the beginning. He predicted his death throughout all the all the gospel he was predicting his death and it's even with that he still was like I want to share these last moments with you he wasn't in a corner with the woe is me he he said I still want to share a meal with you go prepare the meal Mm -mm, he's so good where do you want us to prepare it they asked him he replied as soon as you enter jerusalem a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you follow him all the house enters at the house he enters say to the owner the teacher asks where is the guest room where i can eat the passover meal with my disciples he will take you upstairs to a large room that is ready already set up this is where you should prepare our meal. Do you see how it is when you follow the leading of the spirit? Do you see it? It was effortlessly. He said, listen, once they opened the door of their heart, when Jesus knocked and he was able to come in, he was able to give them the steps because they didn't know, Lord, how are we going to prepare this meal? How are we going to prepare it? But as, when they asked Jesus, how can we do it? He was able to present them with his will, his will. He was able to present it. He said, listen, it's already been prepared. It's already been ordained. Just walk through it. When you see the man, he'll point to the room for you. When you go upstairs, it's already set up for you just to begin to cook, just begin to cook the meal. Do you get what I'm saying, family? God has everything. All he wants us to do is open the door to our hearts. He prepares the way. God is so good. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said. And they prepared the Passover meal there. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now, I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Family, he said, I'm eager to eat this meal with you before my suffering. Do you know how humble that is? I'm always going to say how humble he is because he still was thinking about his disciples, his sheep. I'm eager to share this meal with you. I just want to share this meal with you before the suffering. Mm. 
Listen. Oh, he's so good. Then he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Family, and another thing, when Jesus was drinking wine, I know I talked about this a few episodes ago, but he was not drinking no bare feet. He was not drinking Moscato. He was not drinking that stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus was drinking grape juice that they prayed over. He blessed the Jews. So when you say in your grace, God is great, God is good, that Jesus was blessing the, the Jews, okay? Don't be thinking that he was drinking no um, Moscato. No, he was not, okay? He took some bread and gave thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, family. When we take that, uh, the, the piece of bread, when we commune and remember the Lord, remember that was his body that was broken for you. You get what I'm saying? It says then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples. God broke his body to pieces to make us whole, to make each one of his children whole. He was, his body was broken. You see the significance of the broken piece? He, it was broken to pieces so he can assemble his whole body. You get me, family? We're his body. He broke it to assemble his whole body. He is so good. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this is the, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Family, when you drink in the wine, when you're drinking your grape juice, you know, when you're drinking your Welch's, <laughs> no, that's the blood. That's the blood that was pouring out for you. That's the blood that was pouring out as he was being whipped. You feel me, family? That was the blood that was pouring out when they put the thorns on his head. That was the blood that was being pouring out when they put the nails in his arms. Really take that in. He did that to sacrifice his life for yours. But here at this table, sitting among us is a friend. As a friend is a man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the son of man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? The disciples began to ask each other, which of them would ever do such a thing? They began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves. The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here for I among you, for I am among you as one who serves family. We are to follow Christ. 
Let's not argue about who's the greatest. We have to serve each other because the greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves. Jesus came down here. He is God and he came down here to serve man. He washed his disciples feet. He healed people. He preached the word. He he laid down his life. He came down here to serve. He didn't come down here and had the finest of everything. Jesus was a carpenter. He was born in a barn. He didn't come down here and be like, okay, well, I'm going to be dripping in all all this, all this designer, whatever the designer was back in the day. You know, I don't know. He could have had the freshest burlap on. You get what I'm saying? But he didn't do that. You have stayed with me in my time of trial. And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You see how he was humble. Jesus was like, he was telling his disciples, I have given you authority in my kingdom. He's telling you family, I have given you authority in my kingdom. You get what I'm saying? He didn't come down here and just demand it because that's not true love. Love doesn't demand its own way. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you. Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned... To me again, strengthen your brothers, family. I'm here to tell you, Satan went to the Lord and asked to sift each one of us as wheat. When we, when you get off of this podcast, go look up sifting of wheat. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to sift us as wheat. But Jesus said, I prayed, I prayed and I pleaded for you. That your faith should not fail you. Jesus is praying for us. It says Christ is our highest priest. He is praying that our faith will not fail us. Because like we said yesterday, the spirit is willing, even though the body is weak. Satan wants to sift our bodies as weak, but he pleaded. He pleaded that our faith will not fail. And he's so good. He's so good because he said, when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Yes, when you fall. Yes, when you stumble. Yes, when he when the weapons are formed, just repent and then strengthen your brothers. Let them know that Satan tried to sift you as we family. I'm telling you, Satan tried to sift me as we. He tries. There's nobody exempt. Nobody hits a point where Satan is not trying to sift them as we. We are here to strengthen each other. How did you get through the temptation? Teach me. How did you get through it? I have these thoughts in my head. Do you have these thoughts? Family, let's overcome. Let's overcome by our testimony. 
It says by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, let's overcome. Let's say it. Let's not care what people think about us because guess what? Your truth can set somebody free. Let's stop keeping our mouth shut. Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. We talked about this yesterday. He is rich in grace and mercy. It's the unfailing love for me. Because listen, it's the unfailing love for me. Because he sat there and he said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. But Jesus knew Peter's heart. He said, he said, once you repent to me, strengthen your brothers. Don't give up on Jesus because he's not going to give up on you. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have mo- you did not have money, a traveler's bag or an extra pair of sandals. Did you need anything? No, they replied. But now he said, take your money and your traveler bags. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. For the time has come for this prophecy about about me to be fulfilled. He was accounted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Look, Lord, they replied, we have two swords among us. That's enough, he said. He is so good. He is so good. He is so good. He is so good. He said, but when you were preaching the good news, when you was preaching, because that's the that's what pleases the Lord. When you in my will and you're preaching the good news and, and you're going and you're going to speak the word to people. Did I not provide all your needs? When I when I picked you up, when you was in that pit, did I not provide all your needs? When you were in alignment with my will, will I not provide all of your needs? Listen, listen, family. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went to the usual Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give into temptation. Family, pray that you will not give into temptation. This is the Lord talking to you. I'm telling you, family, pray that you will not, you will not, you will not give into temptation. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's how you pray. Lord, lead, help me lead not into temptation, but deliver me. Deliver me, Lord, because my body is weak and I know your spirit is willing. I don't want to fall into temptation. That's how you got to be real. Family, we got to stop putting ourselves. And I'm talking to myself. This is a word for me, too. Ain't nobody excluded. We got to stop putting ourselves in temptation. We have to stop it because the body is weak. And if Jesus said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, that means that the spirit is willing to deliver us from the evil one. It says he walked away about a stone, walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, 
If you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. We talked about this yesterday. Nevertheless, nevertheless, but let your will be done, Lord. Let your will be done. Never mind. Nevertheless, but let your will be done. Then an angel came from heaven and appeared and strengthened him. Do you see how the Lord will strengthen you? He said he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not abandon you as an orphan. It says, because God hears your prayers. It said that they say, he sent the angel down to strengthen him. You hear me? Well, you're in his will and you like, Lord, I can't do it. He's like, yes, but my grace is sufficient. I'll send my angel to strengthen you. That's what he's saying. That's what he said. That's what he do. We have to take, we have to look deeper into these scriptures because Jesus is showing that, yes, I am God, but I am human. I can show you how God interacts with the humans, how God wants to, wants to pull back his children. That's what you got to really see when you read in the word is how God has that unfailing love for his kids. He prayed more fervently and it was, and he was in such agony of the spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. It said that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. He was sweating blood family. And I'm, I'm going to, we're going to look up. What that is called, because that is a real thing. Bloody sweating is called hematodrosis. True hematodrosis occur in bleeding disorders. It may occur in individuals suffering from extreme levels of stress. Extreme levels of stress. Around the sweat glands, there are multiple blood vessels in a net-like form which constrict under the great pressure of stress. Jesus was under a great pressure of stress before he did what he did for his children. All he is is good. At last, he stood up again and returned to the disciples only to find them asleep and exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so you will not give into temptation. Family. He said, get up and pray so you will not be led into temptation. But even as Jesus said to said this, a crowd approached led by Judas, one of the 12 disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus, Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the son of man with a kiss? Oh, oh, gosh. Would like that's so intimate, like. I was intimate with you. You going to portray me? You going to portray me with with intimacy? Like I, that is so intimate to give somebody a kiss. A kiss on the cheek is so intimate. You going to portray me like that? But that shows you. That's right then and there. Right then and there, Judas could have dropped dead, but Jesus said, "No. I'm a, I'm a bow down to the will of my Father." Because remember, life and death is in the power of your tongue. Okay, 
So it, Judas, it, it could have been over for Judas, but Jesus still humbled himself. When the other disciples saw that what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And that one of and one of them struck at high priest at the high priest slave, slashing his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priest. L- listen to this. The people that came to the very person that came to arrest Jesus, he healed that person. He picked his ear up and he and, and he and he healed his ear. Do you hear me? He could have left him sitting there bleeding in agony, but by his great, rich and merciful love, he picked the man's ear up and he healed them. He let the pain stop. Even though they were about to put Jesus in pain, he let his pain stop. He said, I don't want my children to suffer. That's how he, that's what he's saying. I don't want any of my children to suffer. I don't want you to. Trust me. Trust me. And then it says, Then Jesus spoke to the leading priest, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him. I am, I am, am I some dangerous, there we go with the am I, but it was I am, but you know what I'm saying, because he is I am, some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you should come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why do you arrest me in, in the temple? I was there every day, but this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. Peter denies Jesus. So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, This man was one of Jesus' followers, but Jesus denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. But an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately he was still speaking. The rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Oh, God. Suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. It says that the Lord looked at Peter. He said he looked at Peter because he already knew. He said, Peter, I already knew it was in your heart. I already knew. His words was the words of conviction because Peter could remember the words of the Lord and it convicted him because he said, the Lord said, listen, we won't get to what he said. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. That's the words of the Lord. That's the power of the words of God. That's why we cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that come from the Lord, your God. That's why, because Peter knew at that instant, he knew at that instant, I was wrong. I was wrong. 
but then he still remember Jesus said once you once you once he um goes against God go into repentance and then strengthen your brothers like it, it go oh, gosh oh gosh oh gosh I gotta calm down because God is so good and it's like family imagine looking Jesus in his eyes after you denied him three times but then imagine the significance of you of Jesus telling you you were you're going to deny me do you know how merciful that is like Peter didn't drop dead at that moment The guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and said, prophesy to us who hit you that time. And they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. Um, let's go to, hold on. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 25. Let's start at verse 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after the supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Family, get into communion with your Lord. But listen, let's finish, though, because get into communion have your bread and, and your grape juice. Yes, do that. It's in remembrance. It's it's announcing the Lord's death until he returns. It's honoring him. But remember, even when, like a little while ago, I was breaking down to you the significance, you know, family. So when you, when you take in your communion, think about that. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. This is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. Listen, this is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we are if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined, so we will not be condemned along with the world. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home so you won't bring judgment upon yourself. When you meet together, I'll give you instructions about the other matters after I arrive. God is so good, Lord. Is there anything else you want me to say, Lord? Hold on, family. Let's go to Luke 13. Luke 
Luke 13, a call to repentance. The Lord wants you to, he, listen, he wants his children to be in repentance. About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from the Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. Is this why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Shalom fell on them? Were they worse sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again, um, that unless you repent, you will perish too. Okay, let's go down to verse 22. Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he went, always pressing on towards Jerusalem. When someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people, a few be saved? He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to the to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. But will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and we toyed in the street, in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out, and the people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their place in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then, and some who seem who are the greatest now will be the least important then. God is so good, family. Let's strive to get in the narrow gate family we have to stay in repentance and allow the lord to 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 show us what's in our hearts and and return and turn away from those things that's why he's calling us into repentance because it's a narrow gate you cannot do evil and think you're going to bring evil into the kingdom he says he wants his will on earth as it is in heaven there's no evil in heaven Don't harden your hearts to the Lord's convictions. Yes, Satan wants to sift us like wheat, but Jesus has pleaded in prayer that our faith will not fail us. Allow the Lord to tell you what's in your heart. How good is that? He does not leave you here to just try to figure things out on your own. We just was talking about when it was time to cook the supper dinner, Jesus told them step by step. He just, it just flowed. All they had to do was walk through it. And that's how God is with his children. He just wants to walk through the gate. Just walk through the narrow gate by the leading of his spirit. Okay, family, this is like a short one, but I think I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say it, but this is a short one and I just thank you and I love you guys. Let's just end it off in prayer. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for this encouragement. I thank you for your goodness, Father. I thank you for your mercy, Lord. I thank you for even wanting to use me as your vessel, Father. I love you and I appreciate you, Lord. And I just want to thank you and give you all the glory, Father. I give you glory for making your children, Lord, because they are so important to you, Lord. And I pray that each child is strengthened by the the, the words of your mouth, Father, for them to find new strength in you, Lord. And that is in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. I love you, family. I will talk to you soon. Bye.